Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of March 2011. Newcomers should look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and bookmark the other sites you see listed there. If you have sticking on downloads of the audios which are available there, uh, try these alternate sites. These are the only official sites I have out there. Anything else outside isn't mine, believe you me, and there's a few of them around too. And uh, remember too that you can uh, help yourself to hundreds of audios. And all those sites also carry transcripts as well of a lot of the talks I've given, which you can print up and pass around to your friends. For transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu. That's also listed on the com site, and you'll find a whole bunch of languages to choose from for prints up. And you can pass them around to your friends as well. And remember, too, you're the audience who bring me to you. So don't bring on the advertisers to as guests, basically. That's how, and it's fair enough. That's how most folk make their living. And um, it, it kind of compromises you to an extent, too, because then you're kind of beholding to them to, to plug their products and all the rest of it. The ads you hear on this show are paid uh, separately, by independently by the advertisers to Republican Broadcasting Network. And that pays for this airtime, the showtime, their, their transmission time and their staff and equipment and their bills, hopefully, if enough comes in. So you can help me with mine by uh, buying the books and discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And remember, too, from the U.S., you can still use a personal check. You can use uh, an international postal money order. You can use PayPal to order. Just use the donation button on the com site with, and follow it with an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. And uh, some people just send cash. Across from the rest of the world, you've got Western Union for direct wire transfer. You've got MoneyGram. And you've got cash you can send. Or you can use PayPal again to order. Just use the donation button and follow it with an email, name, address, and order. And I'll get it out to you. And remember, two straight donations are definitely appreciated because everything is skyrocketing in Canada, as is across the rest of the so-called civilized world, of course. As we go through this globalization process, we were to go into austerity very shortly, and you'll have nothing left eventually on the Internet except uh, those who are authorized big time, big wealthy organizations, or else it'll be mainstream, and that's what they want, of course. That's what they really do want. So it's up to you if you want to keep it going or not, and um, I try and give you the shortcuts to understanding the big picture of what the world's all about, how it's really been as opposed to how it's been indoctrinated into you and to your understanding. And I show you the powers that really aren't so fantastic after all once you understand them at work and play, playing on your mind all the time. Because big academia were paid by big bankers a long time ago to ensure that generations of an upper middle class would always be managing their planet for them. And that was to bypass any idea of democracy. And it was also 
to use as a cover for themselves as they push this globalization effort. Uh, the plan was written a long time ago. I've, got, I've, written, I've mentioned many books before where the big boys themselves publish them, They're generally for themselves, but it's available to the public, and the public don't read them much. They're too boring, too dry, no sex and violence and stuff like that. So they miss the fact that they're being managed very, very well by truly experts in behaviorism. And you have been your whole lives, and so were your parents before you, and your grandparents too, for that matter. The big boys love to boast. They love to tell you where they're taking the world, and uh, they love to publish it when they retire, what they've been all about for personal acclaim. They've all got big egos. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. I've mentioned over the years on and off about the rewelding programs across the world and rewelding is a system where the big boys themselves through their various organizations and the United Nations of course are setting up new homes for extinct species supposedly uh, mainly predators, and they're putting them into areas where people already live. You see, you're not supposed to be living there anymore. That's your message. You're supposed to move into the big cities, and, uh, and that's part of the reason that they're really doing it this way too. They're off of the so-called animal corridors. They're right next door to people who are living in the country, rural areas. And I remember a few years ago in Canada, um, it probably, probably happens more frequently in fact, but the ones I've read so far, uh, one woman was killed when a uh, uh, basically a mountain lion jumped off a, a rock and uh, took her off her horse and killed her in front of her children. And another time, it may have been in, been in Alberta, can't remember, but um, uh, these uh, particular animals were coming into the town and dragging cyclists off up into the hills <laughs> to eat. So uh, it's quite something what's going on, but they're not going to stop, you see. It's a world agenda, and the big boys have already... They're setting up the world. If you haven't got the message yet, for a much reduced population for about 30 years hence, and they're setting it up now in preparation for that. That's what the wind farms and that are for. They're not for keeping big cities on the go. It's for small, compact areas of vastly reduced populations. And meanwhile, as I say, they're giving you the message by releasing these predators close to home. The BBC Horizon uh, on the 8th of March uh, did a documentary about this, and it says, across the world, scientists are releasing predators, nature's ultimate killers, close to where people live. In Florida, a new population of panthers, feared as ambush predators, have been released near to the busy town of Naples. In the Italian Alps, bears have been reintroduced after they became uh, virtually extinct, and now try to get into people's homes in the middle of the night. And in Yellowstone National Park, rules have been brought back 70 years after they were exterminated. This has this been going on for quite quite some years now, as I say, and your, your tax money has been funding it all too because they've had, even on public broadcasting, various documentaries about the, the rules being introduced and the, some of the problems they've been causing and so on. But it's not going to stop. But I'll put this link up tonight, and those of you can get the BBC Horizon, because I don't know if it's available outside of Britain or not. Um, 
You can maybe uh, burn me a copy or something like that. So anyway, I put up another link too. It's to do with the same thing, and it's to do with academia in America and the ones who are on board with this whole program. And it's from the American Naturalist, November 2006. Uh, Pleistine rewilding an optimistic agenda for 21st century conservation. Remember, these animals have more rights than you now because they, in the Biodiversity Treaty, they gave all the rights to animals and plants, but nothing for humans. And this is official, folks. We're living in Orwellian times. But here's some of the departments who are who are working on this and through, again, your tax money. Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology, Cornell University, Ithaca, New York. Teton uh, Field Office, North American Program, Wildlife Conservation Society, Teton Valley, Idaho. Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology, University of Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Department of Biological Sciences, Fordham University, Bronx, New York. And National uh, Tropical Botanical Garden, Kalaheo, Hawaii. Uh, U.S. Geological Survey, University of California, Santa Cruz, uh, Rewilding Institute, which is Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you want to get more information, go into that one because they deal with um, a lot more of it and give you more information. Rewilding Institute, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And there's Desert Laboratory, Department of uh, Geosciences, University of Arizona, Tucson, uh, Arizona. Uh, Department of Fishery, etc., uh, etc. Et so there's a whole bunch of universities all on board because they all get tax grants to, to work on this. And they get lots of students working on that too in their spare time. So they're setting up the, their agenda and uh, introducing these things while you are still the tenant, basically, in your little hut at the moment. Uh, but don't worry, you won't have your hut for too long. There's a lot more crashes to go economically. It's all planned in advance. And that's how it really, really does work. Now, again, through the United Nations and uh, the global agenda, everything is global now. Every law that gets passed comes from on high, generally through the United Nations, which is just a front, really a front. I mean, I've gone through the history of the United Nations and, and the League of Nations, its precursor, uh, and who set it up. And it was the big international money lenders, not the guys who have little exchanges and outlets along your street, but the guys who lend to nations, like the Milner Society and so on. They became the Royal Institute of International Affairs and Council on Foreign Relations. But uh, they all work in concert, and they get, they get the global systems set up through NGOs, then they work through the United Nations, but then put pressure on the governments, who are just waiting to hear from them, of course. It's all worked up that way. And, um, and then, of course, they pass these laws. And this law apparently is going to hit Canada in its second-hand clothing shops. It happened in the States, too, already. They've already passed it. And you've got to get a permit now, and you get inspected if you have a flea market at the weekend or sell a few second-hand things off. You might be fined for selling unsafe products. It really is, again, like the same scam that they did with the used cars in the U.S., the buyback pro- programs where they smashed used cars that used to get sold off and the trickle-down theory to the people at the bottom and they can't get the cars anymore. Well, you see, you have to go and buy or get a, get a loan to get a, a, a better car. Same idea here. You've got to buy new products. But under this guise of safety, they can do whatever they want to zero up you blind. And it's, this is from the Financial Post. New legislation always has unintended consequences. Unintended, however, does not necessarily mean unforeseeable. Bill C-36, the so-called Canada Consumer Product Safety Act, 
was passed by Parliament in late December, it will have several consequences that are completely predictable and very detrimental. The CCPSA was designed to replace the 40-year-old Hazardous Product Act. It will supposedly modernize Canada's regulatory regime and bring it into line with the United States and Europe and save Canadians from death and maiming at every turn by empowering bureaucrats to more easily remove dangerous products from the marketplace. This motherhood-type goal seems to have driven out of parliamentarians' minds the notion that they should look for some evidence as to whether the regulatory regimes we'll be mimicking have actually accomplished what they were supposed to do, or if not, what they have accomplished instead. The U.S. enacted similar legislation in 2008, the European Union in 2004. You see, it's all just one big global society, and there's a head to this society, folks. They're just copying each other here. They're getting told to do this. If those laws were really working to protect consumers, there should be now by several years statistics demonstrating that American and European consumers are safer than they were before or that they are safer than Canadians, but such evidence was conspicuously absent from the testimony delivered to the Commons and Senate committees that studied this bill. Indeed, the latest available annual report of the EU's appropriately named RAPEX system, no kidding, RAPEX, uh, and I suppose it stands for keeping European consumers safe, contains no data whatsoever regarding lives saved or injuries prevented, although it does show a marked increase in paper shuffling and similar bureaucratic activity. So Canada, anyway, Canada's going to, they're already um, doubling all the staff at this uh, to do with the new laws and so on. And um, it's going to really take, there's, there's, there's so many second-hand stores now that deal mainly with children's clothing and stuff, having to close down and dump all their goods because they haven't been inspected by the inspectors. No kidding. You can't sell them now without inspection. Absolute hogwash, as you know. But the thing is, again, now you'll have to buy new stuff, and or, or hopefully some neighbor will pass it down to you and, and risk getting caught. Another great crime, you know, passing on a, 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 a non-regulated uh, second-hand clothing to the child. This is the craziness we're in as governments grow and expand the cancers they obviously are. Quite something. But yeah. Uh, anyway, another article here about the banks. Of course, the banks, you understand, you're not born into a natural system. There's nothing natural about the system you're born into. It was set up and taken over in some cases, but set up generally by those who already ruled uh, over the industrial revolutions of Europe. And they, they were the money lenders and the merchant boys too, uh, merchant bankers they called them in those days, who formed their clubs and their alliances and decided upon the future of the world. And um, the banks have always got their way. They've been crashed so many times by banks. They'll, they do it at least twice every century. That's pretty standard, twice a century. Sometimes they go for a third, you know. And... Um, so far, we've been plundered twice. But anyway, it says banks win again. Congress caves in on debit card fees. It never ends. As part of the Dodd-Frank financial reform bill, the Federal Reserve was tasked with capping the fees banks charge merchants for debit card transactions. Uh, this rule on fees was supposed to be finalized by April this year and take effect by July, but the banks and their lobbyists have been screaming bloody murder. They have also been throwing out lots of cash, and it works. And it shows you, there's a link here to where they've been throwing the cash out to. Call it the glory of bipartisanship, 
According to reports, Democrat senators, including John Tester of Montana and Republic senators, including Bob Corker of Tennessee, are now drafting legislation to block and delay the cap on fees, all to protect consumers, of course. Actually, banks stand to lose around $12 billion in annual revenue from the mandated reduction in fees. One line of argument the banks and their lobbyists are using is that consumers will have to pay more for other bank services, like checking or may not have access to debit cards at all. Or banks say they will have to cut jobs. In other words, the banks plan to get their hands on $12 billion of your money, one way or another. The unspoken argument here is that they're entitled to it. Technically, they are, because they're private institutions that can do whatever they want. And since they've only mandated one form of getting money, uh, then they've got the whole field to themselves. Government's awfully handy when it's working hand-in-glove with uh, the big bankers. Back after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Tonight I'll also put up, at the end of the show, uh, it's not a show again, educational talk I suppose, uh, uh, an article from Chatham House, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Dash Council on Foreign Relations, although the CFR has their American uh, office in the Harold Pratt building in New York. And uh, they put out their magazines every month. And whatever they say in there will, will come to pass because that's the agenda. And they all attend their big meetings. But they put out one on the uh, rethinking the dollar, of course. And I've had this for some time. But it says, uh, I'll put this link up and you can look at it yourself. They're talking about a global currency again, all that kind of stuff, which they will get. And special drawing rights where every country will have to go to the International Monetary Fund and and uh, cap in hand uh, to borrow the excess. I personally, I've never understood why a country has to go to private banks to, to borrow money in the first place if they can't manage their own bookkeeping from all the masses and masses of taxes they get. Then they should, we, should, we need something else. We need some other kind of, of, of government, obviously, because when you can't manage your own uh, your own debt, uh, you're on the streets. But but we keep voting them the same system in over and over again, don't we? Always doesn't work. And the whole idea is to keep you in perpetual slavery because the governments don't even pay off uh, the debt they owe. They just, they're lucky to pay off the interest for that year. And that's what they call, ba- they call balancing the budget. It's paying off the interest for the year. So it's a great, every generation's born into financial slavery, paying off previous generations' debt, supposedly. And Jefferson said that that is slavery which of course it is. And you can't pay it off because of compound interest anyway, so it's all rigged in the banker's favour. Now, there's a caller from Winnipeg there. Darlene, are you there, Darlene? Yeah, hi, Alan. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I appreciate uh, what you're talking about tonight. I, I actually just watched a movie last night, uh, Inside Job, about mm-hmm. those uh, sorts of things. Um, but I, I uh, first of all, wanted to say that I've uh, listened to you for several years, and uh, you're uh, a massive uh, treasure trove of information. 
you probably saved me hours and hours of having to go find books and read and news articles. And I, I do go check them out for myself, too, because, yes, yeah. we should uh, it's uh, essential. in also using our own mind. Yeah, you have to always check it out for yourself. Don't take anybody's word on it. And even remember the books that you read will often have a spin on it, too, depending on who's financing it. And most books, unfortunately, are financed by those who run the world. <laughs> yes. Everyone, ha- everyone has their own agenda. Yeah. I- yeah. I've, I've learned that in personal experiences as well. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I, you know I notice that you're halfway through the show. But um, I was wondering, uh, did you at all pick up on this uh, um, little girl in Winnipeg uh, who uh, put a YouTube out of Lady Gaga's song? Uh, I didn't see that. No, what happened? Um, yeah, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, maybe three weeks ago now. Um, little 10-year-old girl uh, uh, videotaped, I'm assuming by a, a family member, went out on YouTube with Lady Gaga's latest song, mm-hmm. Born This Way. Yeah. And um, uh, I guess uh, Lady Gaga uh, thought and uh, contacted her through the Internet. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I guess the last thing that, that happened was she actually... Uh, went on stage with Lady Gaga this past Friday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I didn't really, I try not to pay attention to a lot of these things. Um, yeah. But I figured I'd, you know, something not, wasn't wasn't tweaking with me. A 10-year-old girl, I, I know what Lady Gaga, you know, her music is like. I've seen her videos. I, I know the lyrics. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself. So I, I, I took a look at it. And, you know, looking at the lyrics of her song, Born This Way, um, uh, most of the lyrics are, are pretty tame, except for you get to a, a verse where the words are lesbian. It, it's a song about where you should appreciate who you are. You know, Born This Way. Sounds harmless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, apparently in her last video, what I've heard is she, she has naked women with uh, breastfeeding cows. And she has um, sex with a rabbi and different people in the same bed. And and on and on it goes as they bring in this androgynous uh, system. And they've always planned to bring in androgyny. And one day, actually, it will, it will be illegal to, to say that you're uh, straight. It'll be illegal. I'm not kidding you. That will come. That is part of the agenda. And, uh, and it will be illegal too to get married without permission or at least to have an offspring without permission. That's also part of the agenda. And this is all part of training a, a generation into, uh, that nothing, not everything is normal. Everything is normal. And there's something wrong with you if you haven't tried all of it. And children are actually getting pulled, uh, out of, into out of class and they go to counselors now. If, uh, if they seem to have a hang-up about not liking, like, liking certain things, and uh, they're told, well, you can't make an opinion unless you've tried it. So the, the culture industry, remember, is the biggest part of training every generation into the new system. It's always going to, into the next phase and the next phase and the next phase, and it, it hasn't stopped. It, had, well, it doesn't intend to stop, and I know exactly where it's going. But hold on, and I'll come back after this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the Matrix and talking to Darlene from Winnipeg. Are you still there, Darlene? Yes, I am. Yes, it's, it's so interesting because it, un, until you go into the history of uh, the main organization that presidents authorized to create the culture industry, and that was the Frankfurt School that was kicked out. Of Ger- they flew from Germany when the Nazis came in. And uh, their whole idea in Germany was to break down the, the entire structure of society, but especially the family unit. And uh, it was a university, basically. And... Um, uh, they ran from there into the U.S. for, for safe harbor and they immediately went to work on the U.S. culture. But after World War II, presidents gave them permission to join with uh, uh, the Macy Group and members of the Vienna School, as they called them, too, who were all, all Marxists, all of them, including the Frankfurt School. And uh, your tax money has been funding this uh, ongoing program into disintegration to bring out the new that will come out after it's all gone into mayhem. The new, like the phoenix, arises from the ashes. And this is all part of it. Now, part of it, too, is training generations over time uh, to worship celebrities. And so celebrities are called soft power by the United Nations. And it doesn't matter what they do, um, if it's a stripper or whatever she happens to be, uh, as as long as she's doing her job and she's well-known by the public, and the public give their children to them, that's a common thing too, Um, then they're used for political purposes and psychosocial alterations as well. So this is an uh, an ongoing agenda, well-funded, incredibly well-funded, and even the Census Bureau of Canada attends the international census meetings, uh, census meetings every year, and they admitted in 2001 that their job was to test the pulse of the public uh, always to find out if, if they're ready to accept the next push of the envelope uh, as they go into more and more debasement of the culture. That's what your censor departments are for, to find out if you're ready to be debased even further and ready to accept even new, even more new ideas. Now, tonight I'll also put up a link. It'll go very quickly off the, the YouTube uh, to an, an, a program I've mentioned on using celebrities and to show you how gullible and stupid, stupid the public are, where uh, they'll give their children over to total strangers if they think that, that those children could be put into the movies or ads for television or whatever, and it's called Star Suckers. It won't be up there for long, I guarantee you. It'll be pulled if you don't grab it right away. And um, it also shows you the scams that, of using celebrities as well for the big charities uh, and where the money really goes, billions of dollars go. It's never to the desired target. Um, but as I say, the Frankfurt School is something you've got to uh, study and you've got to study uh, the Macy Group as well. And the music right up into the present day is ongoing with the Frankfurt uh, type uh, psychology based. And so of course, is all the messages you get in the, in the music videos uh, of what you should be like and how you're supposed to emulate and copy because people, children especially, copy what they see and they're too young to make their decisions themselves, and they have no idea of the repercussions of, their, of, their, of what they will do at that age on the future, their own future. They have no idea how it's going to affect them. 
But uh, this is the target, is the, the minds of the very young, just like the Soviet system had, and just like the Nazis had. Um, it's the same system. Get them young, and uh, you can make them into anything you want them to be. Yeah. Right, and I, I think as well, uh, um, the parents uh, have had to have been uh, also brainwashed along yeah. the way. Yeah. This is incremental. That's right. It's intergenerational. Um, if you put four generations together on the same couch watching TV, I'd, I'd blush for the eldest lady there because if it was your great-grandmother, for instance, because that's how rapidly, really, since the 60s, they've, they've brought down society. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, quite a, it's, it's quite astonishing. I mean, I'm, I'm closing on 60 years old. And, uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, and, you know, I, I have, uh, I have a teenage, uh, daughter. Well, more closing towards her twenties. I had my, my daughter a little older in life. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd say the generation gap between her and I, uh, is more like about four generations. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, a lot of people don't, uh, uh, I don't know. That, don't pay attention enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, you know, again, to kind of maybe get a little off the track of this Lady Gaga, but, you know, I say to myself, like, who are, are these parents? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there is no, I mean, if you you know that, that they want, because mm-hmm. if your parents aren't censoring, then who is? Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, <laughs> too... Also, too, Bertrand Russell said in the 1920s, he says eventually the state will be giving the new morality to the children. And they've been doing it steadily since about the 50s onwards. But um, Yuri Bezmanov, who was a KGB agent, who came over and worked in the CBC in Canada, and who's got uh, links up on YouTube and so on, gave very good talks on what he called uh, the liberalization or, or the contamination of the West. It was a Soviet technique where mainly through universities, they would promote through university professors and various college courses, um, this, all these new ideas to contaminate the minds. And that's what it's called. It's called contamination. And then for generation by generation, you could actually up the, the, the level of um, contamination because each, level, each generation before them is already contaminated. So now you're dealing with, with parents now, with young children uh, who've been through anything goes routine and they, they don't see anything really wrong uh, with continuing it to the next phase. Um, and they, they, they laugh and they giggle as their children emulate strippers. And these children are, are under 10. They're maybe 5, 6, 7, uh, emulating Gaga. Before, that was the Spice Girls, same thing. They would come on naked on their videos and sit, and sit with kitchen chairs between their legs. That's all they had on. And young children were, were mimicking them and... Uh, wearing high heels and so on. This is a sexualization of children because the last, uh, the censors bureau said that they've already won the, the wars for homosexual rights and lesbian rights and so on and put more and more on television, but the next step would be bestiality and intergenerational sex. Oh, awful. And that's what it's about, yeah. I don't want to keep you much longer, but... Uh um, I'm just curious because, and, and I, I, I went to school uh, in the '60s, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big uh, fan of of the public school system, uh, but 
I mean, when I was in school, in elementary school, um, uh, and even I think through junior high and high school, uh, you, you literally were not allowed to wear makeup. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I seem to remember you weren't even allowed to uh, wear uh, pantyhose. Mm-hmm. Uh, girls, you know, weren't, I, I, you know. Yeah. What happened, Alan? I mean, what exactly has happened? And I'm not, I'm not saying that that but that wasn't a time either uh, that wasn't, uh, uh, you know, this has been going on a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you understand, too, it isn't just... Uh, between then and now. Like, yeah. it, I guess it's just the culture, the, the culture. It, it was those in charge of the culture. People don't realize there are folk who give you the culture, reinforce it, and they're in charge of it. That's why every... Every nation uh, signed on to the United Nations has a department of culture. We have got one for Canada. And they decide what's, what's, when it's time to push the next part of, of the so-called cultural revolution. Because revolution is the, the Frankfurt idea, again, too, of intergenerational training and the sexualization of everyone in, in society, basically. Uh, the, the, Theo Adorno was one of the main characters who came over from Germany, and he said... Um, that we must split off eros uh, from from actual love and bonding, to break the bonding. And so uh, you could have multiple partners but never bond with them. Then there would be no family. That's where we are today. It's been very successful. It's been a planned thing, well-financed. Every uh, Department of Culture in every UN country knows this. And uh, it's been awfully successful. Vast promiscuity was to be promoted, again, to the very young and that's what the so-called pop revolution and then the rock revolution was to, was put out to do, again, by the Frankfurt School as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. People don't know that many of their top uh, music stars in, in the 60s and 70s were um, multi-generational military uh, offspring, high military offspring. Uh, even Madonna is. And, uh, Jim, Mor- Jim Morrison. Morrison as well. Frank Zappa, uh, all these guys, and, and uh, they were put up there on purpose to lead, again, like the Pied Piper, lead the children along into the new uh, anything-goes society, uh, multi-partnered sexual society, and it's still ongoing. They're going, now, now they're going for the very, very, very young. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, there will be no word for pedophilia because it will be outlawed. It won't exist, you see. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's... Uh you see that throughout a, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the entire uh, system mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, words uh, are, are going to be extinct because exactly. Yeah. Uh, it will no longer be. A, there's no crime involved. Therefore, um, it's no crime. And and if, as the child at four or five says, oh, OK, you know, you uh, sex for a lollipop or something, uh, then then that was a, a legal deal that was made. And. What they say at the top, the pedophiles say, uh, no one was actually hurt in the process, so they claim. Uh, but if you've gone through my archive section, go into the section on um, to do with the sexual revolution and the ones that they promoted to the public to promote the whole sexual idea of revolution. The Kinsey Report, for instance, there's an excellent YouTube's up there on the real Kinsey, uh, and his stuff is used today in schools, in fact, and uh, he wasn't using normal, normal people at all. He was using prostitutes, male and female. He was sending uh, pedophiles out that worked for the government, by the way, to bugger little boys. Uh, 
uh, at the age of two and use stopwatches during the, the thing to see how much they screamed and so on, all very clinically, uh, all for the scientific testing, so they say. Uh, this is the, these, are, these are the monsters that are financed and still financed today. Their institutes are still here, uh, helping promote all of this. And their books, unfortunately, this, this book of Kinsey affected every judge in the land that started to be taught in law. It changed the way we thought about rape and victimization and all the rest of it. And uh, it was all planned again by higher powers to bring in this new society. Yeah, yeah from the so- so-called experts. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, I, uh, I I'll let you go on, but uh, I would say to anybody, I'm I'm a parent. I, I guess I'm a past parent now. My kids are now older, but uh, you got to you got to get your kids out of the school. That that's the only way you. Yeah, that's the only way you. You cannot. Uh, uh, the indoctrination, scientific indoctrination is what uh, Bertrand Russell called it. He used the first experimental schools to try this out on the children. He got them into pre-pubertal sex before they were in puberty to try to, to break bonding between them. And this is what's been promoted in schools. I've got so much stuff on what's been promoted in schools. It's, it's, I can't even read. I'd have to be on for a week just reading it all, even just the stuff from the United Nations. Uh, they're promoting all of this. Yeah, Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. It's... it's uh... Uh, well, I, I, I could see it happening um, e- even myself when I was in school. I, you know, I, I guess uh, I guess I was uh, I, I don't know maybe a freak of nature, but uh, I always sensed that there was something wrong, yeah. even when I went to school, yeah. uh, where uh, it appeared to me that uh, and, and I was a good student, uh, um, uh, but it appeared to me that I was to just be refeeding back to my teachers what they wanted to hear. That's right. And when I figured that out, I got good grades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if I went on my own to put my own thoughts out, I mm-hmm. didn't do as well. But That's they right. were my own thoughts. And yeah. things yeah. that I worked, I, I worked hard to uh, uh, assimilate into an essay or a story or mm-hmm. a report. And I, I said, well, why am I bothering to do this? I'll just, I'll just uh, give them what they want, and I, I, yeah. I always got better marks. Yeah, Charlotte Isserby wrote about the dumbing down of America, and um, there's another guy called Gatto, who also wrote about the system here for America and Canada, same as Britain, and what the authorities were looking for, what they wanted, an obedient, indoctrinated society that would not think for themselves. R- Russell went even further that thinking for themselves would be actively discouraged in schools. And that has been very successful up to the present time. Yes, including now they they give children drugs. Oh, no, I know. They speak out. Yeah, yeah. You know, the parent has uh, the teacher telling them, uh, you know, know, little Johnny uh, is is asking too many questions in Mm -hmm, class. That's right. Oh, I tell you, I don't know anybody in my class at school that would not be on drugs today because we're, we're all little boys, and little boys are awfully restless and active, and they don't like to sit still and listen to boring stuff. They want to be active and moving around and all the rest of it. But, of course, they've changed all that. And, of course, it's also to do with um, those who are more inquisitive are the ones who could be future leaders, and if you destroy their brains early enough, then they will no problem down the road with leaders. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems so obvious, unfortunately, that that appears to be 
It is agenda. Yeah. It appears to be the case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for calling. And, okay, um, well, yeah, thank you very much, Alan. And uh, I'll, uh, I try to send you some money when I can. And uh, my budget is tight, but uh, I do appreciate what you do. And uh, I'll be sending along some money for you, too. I'd appreciate that. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye now. And is Deborah there from Washington? Yes, hello. Yes. Hi there. Um, yeah, my name's Deborah, and uh, I've been listening only a month or so, but uh, I can't get enough. It's where I'm at every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I want to thank you for your labor of love. I appreciate it very much, what you're doing. I have just a couple of questions. Um, thinking about uh, the debt we have and all the nations have, did that start like with the usury, the acceptance of usury and specific religions? Um, it, well, actually, unfortunately, the, the, the Catholic Church was the one who allowed usury only for Jews, only for Jews. Uh, for, and that happened for, that went on for maybe a cent, for almost, uh, 800 years. And then they allowed, uh, the, the Knights Templars, who were a, a monastic knightly group, to start using usury as well. And in fact, the Knights Templars brought out the first checks, uh, back in the 11th century, or, or 12th century. And, um, they did lots of money scams as well. But, uh, uh, eventually, during uh, after the Enlightenment and all the rest of it, and um, they brought out the private bankers. The private bankers came out from being merchants into bankers, and uh, they were the ones who uh, helped to finance the, the, the schools, especially the schools uh, for the upper class who would then rule over the public. And that hasn't stopped even till today. Still, they still get grants from these foundations that the banks set up. Hold on, and we'll go into that when I come back from this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watts. We're cutting through the matrix, and we're talking to Deborah from Washington, who's talking about uh, money and debt and, and, and usury as well. And really, once the Industrial Revolution took over, um, the merchant bankers were allowed to expand and expand and expand. And there were countries, mind you, like Canada up until the 1940s and 50s. Canada, even during the Great Depression, had no debt at all because the Canadian government um, had the Bank of Canada and uh, they, they printed their own bills and they didn't borrow from anybody else. They sold the, the dollars to the banks. And they also spent it into circulation for big projects and so on. And they came from all over, including the U.S. The president came up from the U.S. to find out how Canada was the only country that wasn't suffering from the Great Depression. Well, uh, the big bankers kept pushing and pushing, got their own boys in uh, through the Council on Foreign Relations, of course. And then they did away with the, the system that worked in Canada until we started borrowing too, especially during Pierre Trudeau's time, from, from private banks. Uh, and then you're paying back with compound interest. So it's a, what you have in Carol Quigley and, and Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment uh, book, he, he did mention that um, there would be a world central bank set up eventually where the central banks that will be established by then, and almost every country uh, has got a central bank now uh, that basically brokers the cash between the IMF and the, and the nation. 
and the IMF and the World Bank are just the same international money lenders as about 13 families lend to nations with all the interest. So it's literally a takeover by a bank banking system that's taken over a couple of hundred years to do. Well, I believe it is it still forbidden in Islam to have usury or interest. Are those well, countries? they started to, some of the Islamic countries began to allow usury um, after the 1800s in their contract with the Britain and the different countries were into and the French too in Algeria. But most of them, sure, most of them did not believe in usury and they didn't have a central banking system. There was, uh, 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 in fact, I think even Libya today is the only country that really is debt-free. Um, and that won't be for very long, as you well know. But they're standardizing the world now under the one system where central banks really will have more power along with the IMF or, or, uh, than the governments. And, and that's how it's really set up to work, in fact. Well, I have to tell you, uh, sometimes I, I do believe ignorance is bliss, <laughs> because once you know things, you can't go backwards, and, and uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I, I have difficulties knowing what to do with it, you know. Um, that, that's the biggest problem, is, uh, is trying to reconcile it with what you thought before, and how do you use it, and what you find out. You, the more you understand it, the more peace of, peace of mind you personally should get uh, out of it, because you're becoming sane <laughs> And you're, you've got the privilege of becoming sane and amongst a sea of people who are still living in their, their total conditioning. Um, oh, it, but it's isolationist almost. I, I, uh, I spent 23 years as a solo musician, a guitarist, vocalist, traveling the world, and uh, not aspiring to be famous or anything like that, but just wanting to see the world and meet people. And, yeah. and of course, Spiritual Quest was part of that. And, and I don't know if there's anything that has not been distorted so much that uh, it's very difficult in uh, written word to know what is true and what is not. And mm-hmm. I guess I, I live by my conscience, but uh, that's the only true thing I know. You've, you've got to maintain your individuality. That's the, that's the key to everything, because it's a war to get everyone to conform into the masses. Uh, individuality, was, is, the United Nations has said that the individual is the main enemy that they have. Everyone must conform and there's no problem from the, from the masses who are easily, easily manipulated. But hang on to your, your, yourself. That's the main thing that you've got, and your soul and your mind. Yeah. From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.